Wisconsin's Afternoon News is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, and Wyatt Barmar Pooley is here in for Sandy Max today. Greg Matzik's here, so is Debbie Lazaga, and Adam Roberts is producing the show this afternoon. Time for What's on Tap. Thinking ahead to your weekend, it's Thursday. Let's make some plans. Dino, an evening with Dean Martin. This takes place at the Milwaukee Rep Stackner Cabaret. This is really, really sounds like a cool show, and it's the final weekend. This has been going on for a while. It celebrates the music and personality of the iconic Rat Pack singer and actor Dean Martin. Performances are tonight, and there are tickets still available through Sunday at the Milwaukee Rep. I like to play Dean Martin when we're making dinner at home. I play a lot of Sinatra, play a lot of Dean Martin. Oh, Amore. I love that song. So, Dean Martin tonight at the Milwaukee Rep. All right, Wyatt, this is a fun one. Family Day at the Society, it's called. This is at the Milwaukee County Historical Society. It's free. We like free. No registration needed. Just show up, bring your family in a morning full of music, fun, and games. Boy, we like free stuff around here. I've been meaning to get to the Historical Society as I'm new here. i got to learn about the local history to make sure I'm up to date on stuff. And I always find it really fun when I move to a new place to learn about the local history. You ought to check this place out. It's it's open to the public in general, and it's beautiful. It's in a beautiful building right across the street from the Calderon Club, not far from Pfizer Forum. Uh, check it out. It's it's cool. It's absolutely on my list. And that's Family Day at the Society. Cabin Fever Craft Fair in West Bend. This sounds pretty cool. I love a craft fair. I love arts and crafts. 100 arts and crafts vendors. They're going to have a door prize drawing. Of course, there will be refreshments, all that sort of stuff. Free parking and only $3 to get in. That's at the Washington County Fair Park. It's always amazing to see what local artists come up with. Just the variety of things. You'll see sort of beautiful classical art, and then there'll be silly driftwood stuff or metal sculptures. It's always (laughs) fun. We have a little, like, lizard guy we got from a weird store that was just made out of uh, scrap metal. It's cool to find those little, like, hidden treasures. Also on tap this weekend, One Night of Queen. This is Saturday at the Marcus at uh, Eline Hall out there. It's the look, the sound, and the showmanship of rock icon Freddie Mercury and the supergroup Queen. A spectacular live tribute concert. So this is a tribute concert, and they play all the big hits. They play all Queen's biggest hits, and it is on Saturday at the Marcus Performing Arts Center. Are you a Queen guy? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I love uh, I love their collaboration with Bowie. I love Under Pressure a lot. I'm... I. Uh, I'm a little young for Queen, I'll be honest, but Come I on, really you don't have to be born to no, like the music. I, it just wasn't uh, it wasn't one of the the groups that was played a lot growing up. But I'm I'm a big fan, Freddie Mercury. I mean, one of the great voices of all time. Sure. I don't know if there's a better rock voice ever. Unique, the history of rock and roll. Yeah, the, the range. range that just what I mean, it just pretty amazing. Defies logic, just ridiculous. Yeah, so that is a Saturday. If you want to get tickets to that, that is what's on tap for Thursday, March sixteenth. Charles Benson is up next on TMJ. We're going to talk a little bit about the potential race for the U.S. Senate here and also about the Supreme Court election, which will take place in just a few weeks. That's up next. TMJ for chief political correspondent and anchor Charles Benson is with us. Hey, Charles, how are you doing? Good. Uh, Before we get going here, is this supposed to be an Aaron Rodgers free zone? No, you can have a little Aaron Rodgers. What do you got? No, I just thought, you know, no, I just... Uh, <laughs> we had all know. Rodgers yesterday. Be glad you weren't with us yeah, yesterday. 
I'm just kidding you. Yeah. No, hey, I did want to ask you though. Are you uh, are you into March Madness? I'm not as much as everybody else. I, I did fill out a bracket today, but I think I used that uh, autofill. So. <laughs> <laughs> Made it a lot easier. Well, right now there's three seconds left, and the number 15 seed Princeton is about to uh, take down Arizona, who's a number two seed. I always like to see that, you know, because I'm not invested. I mean, if that was my team as number two, I wouldn't want to see that. But uh, I always love the Cinderella teams. That's the team I usually tend to focus on. Yeah, me too. They're fun, right? Easy to cheer for. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've been waiting to talk to you all day because it's getting interesting in the race for U.S. Senate. Tammy Baldwin is the next one up. She will be the incumbent. And a lot of names are kind of floating around. No official announcements. But what are, what are you hearing? What are you looking at? So, yeah, that's what's interesting. This is a 2024 election we're talking about for the U.S. Senate. Tammy Baldwin would be up and seeking a third term, which is the expectation. But the names we're hearing, and some might sound familiar here, right? Now the former uh, sheriff, David Clark. You know, he was a longtime sheriff here. And what's interesting to remember about David Clark, he ran as a Democrat when he was on the ballot. He was appointed by Tommy Thompson and has become a conservative, uh, even a big supporter of, of Donald Trump. So that's a name that might sound familiar to folks. Uh, I've seen some reporting out there that Rebecca Clayfish, the former lieutenant governor, uh, is leaving the door open. Uh, other names that you're going to hear out there is a guy like Eric Hovde. Now, who's Eric Hovde? Well, he was actually on the ballot in 2020. 12 and came very close to beating Tommy Thompson. It was like by three points, Tommy edged him out. And Hovde also then knocked out Mark Newman, who was a more well-known politician at that time. And then I saw the newspaper today mentioning a, a Franklin businessman named Scott Mayer. And so there are some names. But, um, John, I talked to Chuck Todd about this mm-hmm. the other day, and he said, look, Tammy Tammy Baldwin's going to be a formidable candidate. She's won with pretty good margins in 12 and in 18, but it's 2024. It's going to be a presidential year. And he says she has to keep hoping that a guy named Mike Gallagher keeps saying no. He thinks Gallagher could be a good challenge there. Gallagher so far saying it's not on his radar. Oh, that is very interesting. Um, I want to ask you about money. Money always plays a big role in these races. Does that give, when you look at first blush, anybody in this list a a better chance or pose a bigger problem? Yeah, Hovde has the chance because he can self-finance. And I say self-finance because he's got some deep pockets. He's a successful real estate guy, uh, financial guy. So he, he would have the money. And that's the thing in these things. When you just get out of the gates, when you're starting to get out there, you need some money to build a campaign or get some uh, campaign ads up there. So the harder thing for someone who doesn't have name recognition and doesn't have money, you really have to rely on the funding. So Hovde's a guy who can make a quick start and a quick impression on a race in 2024. Hey, Charles, it's Wyatt. Uh, if Given that it's a presidential year, will who is on the ballot at the top for president, could that impact this race in terms of voter enthusiasm and turnout? Always can, but what I always go back to in 2016, you know, when uh, Donald Trump won the state of Wisconsin, turning it red for the first time since the 1980s, you know, he's the top of the ticket, so you think he's the big draw, but it's that year in 2016 that Ron Johnson, seeking a second term, he actually got far more votes in 2016 by 20,000. So, yes, uh, it can have an influence, but it's not necessarily some sort of uh, tail goats, a tail uh, win there or a chance to benefit. Now, if Biden is on the ticket, does a Biden help Tammy Baldwin? I think that would be remain to be seen as well.
I'm always amazed still, Charles, after living here for 25 years, the state of our state, we have one of the most conservative U.S. senators and one of the most liberal U.S. senators, and they both get reelected time and time again. How do you explain that to people who have no idea what happens in Wisconsin? Um, I, I, I can't really explain it all that well. It's always, you know, I always tell people it's always, you know, it's not so much. Uh, it, it's easy to say you're against someone, you know, you know, like this person or that party. But it comes down to a choice. And each time it's that choice. Uh, and especially as we have seen in so many of these races, because they are tight. It's the unpredictability of the independent voter, which still exists here in that maybe three to five percent range. And that's enough to put a candidate over. As we saw in 2022, we got the Republican governor. uh, We got a Democratic governor reelected and we got a Republican senator reelected, reelected on the same day. Yeah. Across the state. Yeah, that is remarkable. TMJ Force Charles Benson with us on WTMJ. So that race for the Supreme Court seat here in Wisconsin is only a few weeks away. What are you looking at as we head into the stretch here? I'm looking at one key metric. Right now, I think, according to Politics, about $27 million is going to be spent on this campaign. And right now, there's still a two-to-one edge here for Janet Protasevich. Does that gap close? Does that change as we get into these final two weeks? Because that's a pretty significant uh, gap. The other thing is, while there's been a lot of reporting on who are the candidates, stories about the candidates, one thing that I haven't seen change is what people think of what Judge Jenna Protasevich, where she is standing on the issues on abortion and some of the other key issues, which is driving people to sort of say, here's where she stands on those things, and clearly on abortion, she has uh, talked about a woman's right to choose. And so, if that becomes an important issue, does that, I haven't seen that change. So does some issue change on that? And when with Dan Kelly, he keeps talking about uh, it's not going to be the rule of law. It's going to be the rule of Janet. He's trying to play that card. So they're, they're locked into these positions on what they think will get them across the finish line. And I don't see that changing in the final two to two and a half weeks. Charles, a lot of people get frustrated at the role that money plays in these campaigns, and they just get more and more and more expensive. Is there any way to solve that? I don't see that happening in the current structure because we elect our state Supreme Court justices. But you're right, we're up to $27 million. And by the way, that's the most expensive Supreme Court race in a state ever Anywhere. It's not just here wow. in Wisconsin. It's across the country. And we're going to be in this situation in 2025 for what will likely be another highly contested Supreme Court race. And unless someone changes the rules or how we elect people or how we put uh, members on the state Supreme Court, I don't see it changing. All right. Who do you got, Marquette? Is Marquette going to do well? I hope so. You know, why not pull there are for the two. Isn't that team? hard to believe? I mean, there are two. That's the highest seed they've been, Charles, since you and I have been here. And it's been, we've been here a long time, even through Dwayne Wade. Exactly. But what I like about them is the enthusiasm. And if you're watching Shaka, you know, it's just yeah. the energy that he's brought to this team. I think there's still, you know, that they're still trying to earn that respect. You know, the people still like, ah, they were supposed to come in ninth, and they're surprising people. I like how they can surprise teams, and they're doing it with a gritty determination. Yeah, they're fun to watch, that is for sure. TMJ4's yeah. Charles Benson. As always, thank you, Charles. You're welcome. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Rain.
Meteorologist Brian Nisnansky is with us. All right, Niz, did you fill out your pool? I did. Yep, my brackets. Uh, I, I got two brackets going. Yeah. I, I cap it at that. Any more than that, then it just gets to be too much. Yep, exactly. So do you pick very similar in both, or do you decidedly not? Um, it de- Sometimes they end up similar. Sometimes yeah. they don't. There's two different strategies. Uh, one strategy actually kind of looks into like what I think I know about each team and like whatever, and I just kind of go through that. Another one, I do a total like analytics bracket. I'm not going to share my secrets, but I oh. get really statistical. Really, with like certain things. Yeah, where's uh, the, the odds are a fa- basically put this way. Uh, you look and see who everybody's taking, and then you look and see like the odds of each team and you try to find the teams that are are getting no love from people wow and you and you ride and you ride those teams have you done Basically that in the past? That, yeah and it works out really that bracket does better than the bracket of one that i think i know what i'm doing okay right yeah. that's what i was gonna ask you. Wait, so which is your bracket of integrity when you're bragging about the picks you made and which upset pick you can't go back and forth that's not allowed Although I will say this, my bra- right now my bracket that I, I went more with, like you know, one that I thought I w- had knowledge is, is doing better. Uh, I had a f- I had the foreman uh, win. Oh, nice! Uh, and then I only have Indiana going. I, I think s- Sweet Sixteen tops. I think actually they get knocked out before Sweet Sixteen, so that's all right. Man, or not right. Indiana. Well, who got who got beat? Uh, uh, yeah, Arizona. Sounds like sounds like just lost to Princeton. It sounds like a great science that got built over there. <laughs> oh, Greg, let's match our brackets up. How about this? I don't even want to see what you got. I'll put ten dollars that mine is better than yours. Well, it probably will be. I, I'm not off to a no, great start. I'll put you that much. I'm, I'm not off to a good start. A uh, rainy, kind of a weird rainy yeah. deal. Yeah, it is. It's just a, a kind of a crummy evening out there, but it's March, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, March is like one of, one of those months that we, we really can't bank on great weather. But um, it, it's rainy. Rain is going to continue this evening. In fact, I think we're going to see the rain pick up again. Right now it's kind of a light rain. I think we're going to see more of a moderate to heavy rainfall again. Um, on top of what you may already have in your rain gauge, I could see at least another quarter inch through the night tonight. And then after midnight, there's a chance that this briefly changes to a bit of snow. I do not think that it's going to be enough that we have have to shovel or we're going to have issues with the roads tomorrow morning um, but it will be out of here too uh, by the time we get going tomorrow morning so uh, through the night tonight rainy windy and then and then a sock of cold guys uh, check this out so the high tomorrow 35 that's probably in the morning it probably gets colder as the day goes on oh and then saturday's high is only 28 that's the, the high, high. The high is 28 on Saturday. Oh, my gosh. Um, we could have single-digit wind chills Saturday morning. Uh, chance of snow showers. Sunday's the better of the two weekend days. Mostly sunny 40, and then Monday, 46 and partly cloudy. First day of spring is Monday, and honestly, it does look like a pattern shift. It looks like we start oh, to get up and down into more of a spring-like pattern uh, starting next week. Man, so a little winter feel. on That's going to really feel like winter on Saturday. It, but- it is. It, it, and even tomorrow, I think anybody who's like, going to be out and about doing their St. Patrick's Day thing. Yeah. Um, that's going to be cold. And I know there's some parades, too, on Saturday. Yep. I think Burlington's got one. I think Racine. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the parades going on. So that's that's bundle-up type stuff. That's like St. Patrick's Day. What was that, the Fugitive back in the day when they are walking around in Harrison <laughs> yeah. Fords and parkas and stuff? Exactly. That's what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> bit of the luck of the Irish that it's going to be a bit nicer on Sunday, though. 
Uh, yes, hopefully. Sunday's got a lot more sunshine, um, and, and, and we should bump up to around 40 degrees. So if you're looking to be outside, if you have an option, you want to do some early spring cleaning. Oh, I, did I ever share this one with you, John? Uh, mm. That I like to, when, when we get to a certain level of amount of snow on the ground, when you're down to just a couple piles, yeah. I go out there and I rake them. I spread them out on the ground. I'm like completely psychotic with that. Wow, like, do I, you really? <laughs> I've never heard anybody to, do that. I want an even melt across the yard. I want a nice, even melt, and then it speeds up the process, too. It gets life back into the grass. I thought you were going to say you like go to the parking lot at the pick-and-save and and spread their big mountain of (laughs) snow out. (laughs) That's what I went certified in saying. If I bring my snowblower to the pile at the mall and start going to... So if I told you I snowblow my front yard because I have corgis with very short legs, so you can see the grass in most of my yard most of the winter. See? We it's all crazy. got our own got little it. thing going Yeah, it worked on. out good until the last time I didn't have time to clean up after them before I had to snowblow the front yard, and so I ended up shooting oh. frozen dog turds into my neighbor's driveway. <laughs> oh, well. well, at least they weren't, like, walking out with, like, groceries, and all of a sudden, boom, getting pelted. That's worse than sleet. Yeah. All right, Niz, we'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. This really... This went off the rails. All right, we'll see you guys later. It's 544 WTMJ. Eric Name talks bucks. Up next. Eric Name is with the Athletic. He covers the Bucks, and he's with us. He's our Bucks insider. Eric, how are you? I am great. How are you? Good, man. How far do you have Kansas State going? Uh, I don't want to incriminate myself, so I'm not going to answer that question on there. Really? You hear that, Matzik? He's taking the fifth. It sounds like he's not not looking forward to his Kansas State sounds Wildcats playing. He just got him bowing out early. Yeah. No, I there's a there's a different reason I would not want to answer that in the Milwaukee market. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Oh, I I'm see. with you now. So no, he's confident I'm, in I'm his tracking. Kansas State Wildcats, and he thinks yep. they'll beat Marquette. I got there you. we go. Now okay. we got to the bottom of it. Yeah, good for you. Stand up for your guys. Uh, Can neither confirm nor deny your guys. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, do the players follow this at all? A lot of them went to these different schools that ended up in the tournament. Is there trash talking? Do they follow the tournament at all? Uh, yeah, there is. Uh, Arkansas, Illinois, I, I think just got done, or maybe they're getting close to getting done. Just got uh, done right and, now. All right. I, I don't know who won that one. I was in these press conferences. Arkansas. Uh, I can't tell you who. So that means Bobby Portis is happy. Uh, and Bobby Portis told us earlier today that him and Myers Leonard, uh, Illinois alum, uh, had a friendly wager on it. Um, we're, we're not 100% sure what that is. We'll see if we can try to confirm that as we get in the locker room here. Uh, but, yeah, I think everyone – I wouldn't say the guys go out of their way to, you know, watch every game or anything like that, but they know when their teams are on. And uh, I think this year almost everyone on the team has somebody in the tournament. I think we're going through it at shoot-around, and I think Pat Connaughton and Notre Dame uh, with a down year during the regular season are not in there. Uh, I think Stanford missed the tournament this year. But outside of that, if – they played for a college. I think everyone else on the roster, um, I think everyone else on the roster, ended up, oh, excuse me, uh, A.J. Green, Northern Iowa, did not make the tournament yeah. this year. So three players didn't have it. But oh, anyone else that went to a college, uh, everyone else is in it. Wait, oh, it does, Gian- does Giannis and Joe Ingles have any rooting interest in college basketball? I don't think so. I honestly, I kind of want to ask both of them. Uh, I know Giannis has done an interview recently where he said that, he would have gone to Duke uh, if he if he was going to go to a college. 
Uh, so I do wonder if he then also cheers for Duke. I can't imagine he does. Joe Ingles, I would truly imagine, does not care in any way. Uh, other than maybe basketball is on and he likes watching basketball. But, no, I, I don't think Joe Ingles cares. <laughs> hey, what's going on with Brooke Lopez? We uh, heard Mike Budenholzer comment that Lopez had some sort of ankle injury. How serious is this? What's the prognosis? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty rare to see Brooke Lopez uh, injured, really. I mean, last year, obviously, he had the back injury that kept him out the whole season. But before that, I think he'd missed something like five games in his first three seasons with the Bucks. Uh, this is just the second game that he's going to miss this year. Um, so, Essentially, what Boonholzer said was that it occurred during the Suns game. Uh, he did not have specifics on exactly when it occurred, but it was a, a tweaked ankle. He's hoping that it is not all that serious. I think one of the one of the things you have to kind of keep an eye on is the Bucks have two games or two days off after this game. Uh, they don't play again until Sunday, and then if I think I know my schedule right, I think they have another two days off after that, and then play again on Wednesday of next week. So. This is a, a strange bit of stretch, uh, a strange kind of rest stretch of the season uh, before they do a five games in seven days stretch uh, with a four-game West Coast road trip. So uh, my guess would be, you know, you're going to see them really try to get Brooke right here. Um, and maybe that means he misses Sunday's game against the Raptors as well. But from what we're hearing from Mike Budenholzer, I don't think it's going to end up being uh, all that serious. I wouldn't say they've needed him, but I'm curious to know when Goran Dragic might make his Bucks debut. I think it's a it's a great question. I don't know if anyone has a whole lot of insight into it, um, but he, he was available uh, for a game and, and then back out. And like Google just said tonight, that he just needed a little bit more time. And you know, I think one thing that sometimes gets lost is you know, PJ Tucker came to the Bucks uh, a few years ago played his first three games, and then the Bucks set him down for 15 games and said, like, hey, man, your cap is not right, and we're going to make sure we get you through this. And, and that was their big trade deadline acquisition and someone that you would think, oh, oh my God, get this guy on the floor. Uh, and they decided that they got to be cautious and they got to make sure that he's right. And obviously that ended up paying off as he played a huge role in the postseason. Uh, I don't suspect Goran Dragic will play the same role. Uh, it'll probably be a much smaller role, but – uh, this is an organization that really prioritizes getting their guys right. So uh, I think they will be pretty cautious here and make sure that, that he's good to go and ready to go. So uh, I guess that means we're going to have to wait at least two more days. But it, it does feel like and sound like that they're getting close, and, and we'll see if that ends up being the case. Well, and they have him for depth at the point guard position, and he's playoff tested. But it's hard to ignore what Javon Carter is doing. I, I'm just wondering how much of what he's doing translates to the postseason. I think it's a great question. I think it's one that, you know, his defense will pretty much always play. Um, he, he really gets after on the defensive end, loves the press from 94 feet. That feels pretty good most of the time. I think there are some notable exceptions, you know, against the Celtics last year. I don't know how much he is really going to help against Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Uh, Mike Budenholz obviously shared those concerns and, and moved him down in the rotation. Uh, so against the Celtics, maybe there's some concern there, but, I think the big change this year for Javon offensively has been, uh, he told us this in, in the start of January, but essentially what they told him is, hey, if you can see the rim and you're close to the three-point line, let it go. Like you you got to shoot. If you're going to stay on this floor and you'll be able to make an impact offensively, you got to be able to shoot the basketball and you got to be confident and willing to do it. And and really since the middle of January, that's really what we've seen from Javon. He's, he's getting him up there. He's not shy, and he's just had a spectacular season. And it's really kind of been uh, 
interesting to watch. You know, at the the first couple months, he was up and down, but ever since that talk they had with him in mid January, he really been lights out from the three point line. Eric, name from the Athletic. Have fun at the game tonight, Eric. Thanks for always being with us. We appreciate it. Absolutely, will do. It is five fifty-five at WTMJ. I forgot the Bucks go out west one more time. Yeah, no, they got another trip. They got to get Utah in yep, yet, yep. and uh, I think the Denver Nuggets are on the schedule coming up here in about a week or so. Oh, that'll be a fun game. Um, they've stood tall. That was not an easy trip. Sacramento, Phoenix. Even though Phoenix is down, those are yep. tough places to play. Giannis had like eighty combined points in back-to-back games, which is just ridiculous. Um, so they're in a groove right now. There's no doubt. The Bucks are playing better basketball than anybody in the league. They look good.